Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 32nd episode of MTG Fast Finance, the podcast that reads the card correctly the first time around. MTG Fast Finance is your weekly podcast covering the world of Magic Gathering Finance, Collection Management, and Speculation. I'm your host, Travis Allen, Wizard Bumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. My co-host this week is Cliff Daigle, Word of Command on Twitter, and we're here to help you guys make and save money playing our favorite game, Magic the Gathering. It's Word of Commander. Somebody already had Word of Command. I was very disappointed by that. Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. You know, I'm reading the script that he writes, and I have to fill. I have to change the words as I, I read know. it. And so, I know. like, it catches me off guard as I do it. It's so good. You caught yourself really great on which number episode we're on. But I'm, su- <laughs> I'm super glad to be here. We're going to have some great information. So many amazing things are going on. But don't forget, this show is sponsored by MTGPrice.com, the leading MTG finance community. Sign up today at MTG Price to manage your collection, track your specs, and read articles by some of the best minds in the hobby, specifically us. <laughs> All right, Cliff, what are we looking at this week? This week, we've got our excellent four segments. We're going to talk about our top movers. We're going to go through the cards that have gone up the most. We're going to put some money down on our picks on the week, picks of the week. After that, we got some results. And finally, we're going to talk about some of these spoilers we're getting. There's some juicy, delicious targets. Can't wait. Uh, let's get, go right to the top movers. Let's not even mess around. What's first up? Well, this week we are starting with Caves of Koilos. We are looking at the Apocalypse copy uh, and specifically the foils. Uh, they started the week at around $16 or so. Um, you know, we're showing about a 32 price point, $32 price point right now for about a double up. Although when I'm looking on TCG player, I see zero near mint foil copies. Um, so it's kind of hard to say how firm that number is, but given that this is an apocalypse foil, uh, apocalypse being an old, a, an old, old bordered set, um, there are not going to be many of these cards out there in the wild. And a lot of them got snatched up when the Painlands were first reprinted in standard about two-ish years ago, a year and a half ago, um, when people wanted to get their cool looking copies for standard at that time. So there's going to be virtually no supply out there to accommodate for this drain on what was there. Uh, we're seeing this rise in price mostly due to the uh, black-white kind of Eldrazi slash Hate Bears deck in modern. Uh, that's a deck that plays things like Thalia and uh, Leon and Arbiter. It, it, you know, it works in that space, but it includes Eldrazi just Placer and a few other odds and ends occasionally uh, to kind of give it a little more, a little more oomph and a little more power. Um, Eldrazi Displacer is very good at irritating the few creatures they might actually manage to get into play. So, uh, yeah, we got a pretty strong price move on this card, and I would not expect to see it give up much ground afterwards. Uh, one of the things I always like to look at: uh, Do you see any uh, lightly played or mildly played foils? There are two lightly played foil copies at 25 and 40, respectively. Mm, I like the optimism on that 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a shoot for the moon, right? But I mean, you know, the $25 copy is sitting there, but the shipping's kind of high. But even still, that's a very high price tag. And foils are, you know, foils are a card that the lightly played copies are a lot less desirable than they would otherwise be. Yeah. You're going to have like some ugly edging or something. You're, uh, these lands, as we're going to talk about, it's just uh, every time these colorless plus colors lands get better, uh, it's 
probably the Aldrazi at work. And even though we're past the winter, they're still uh, warping everything around them. Yeah, you know, the real disappointing component of this is that the other cycle, the um, the buddy cycle of lands as opposed to the enemy cycle, the only foil copies in Old Border for them were 7th edition. So those foils uh. were already absurd even when the pain lines were first printed in origins i'm like i am gonna go get the other foils now because they'll show up eventually but it was like oh well they're already 50 bucks a piece it's like pfft, never mind and of course now i think actar waste is like 200 dollars or some nonsense yeah the uh, all the everything in seventh edition foil because it's the first foil core set it's the only for foil version for some of those it's just it was silly and it's going to get sillier as people want to build their full foil 7th edition set. And uh, it might be like a really strong financial thing to do if uh, all these things keep spiking randomly, as we're about to discuss. Yeah. What, what's uh, what's next for us, Cliff? Uh, next for us is Tetravis out of Antiquities. It's jumped from $12 to $28 uh, for more than 130% gain. Uh, there, it's an antiquities card, so there wasn't that many to begin with. Uh, this is one of the sneakier cards to play with in 93-94. Just a tiny supply of this anyway. It's really good if you want to add more counters to it with... Uh, actually, I don't think there's anything legal back then. I was going to say dragon blood and whatnot, but that's not legal. <laughs> how, yeah, would I I put, how would I put more counters on it back then? I don't think I could. Anyway, this is... Um, just another uh, card in the old school game of dominoes that if it hasn't spiked yet and it's from antiquities legends or earlier, uh, then you're going to see it go up. We've seen, we saw this in Triskelion and a lot of other cards. So it's just going to keep going. Yeah. All those antiquity cards have a target on their head, huh? Pretty much. Um, if they haven't been, I don't think there's one single busted deck in that format, but there's a lot of like really solid, uh, things you can do and it's it's like real real basic magic and yet really broken mm -hmm. uh, amusingly enough the market price on this is only showing at six bucks but it then at the same time it's telling us that the start price for the week was 12 so you know it doesn't surprise me that the numbers can't come, quite come to a consensus on a card with such a kind of a funky supply yeah. um but it, and that, that and that just goes to show you that not all numbers are always reliable. So someone is getting their number wrong and you just kind of got to figure out who it was. Not a bad target if you got six bucks and the card's available. Well, I say market price as in TCG players reporting the market price. Oh, that's what they're saying it's all that. Okay. Yeah, but the but the bare minimum is is well above that. Um, but you know, and but our, our source of data here said that the, it started the week at twelve dollars, and it's like, but TCG player starts it says it was it still thinks it's six dollars, so it's like, well, one of you is incorrect, right? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't both of these numbers. Um, right, next up on our list is uh, is Yavamaya Coast. It's the same thing as Cave of Coilos. It's the Apocalypse foil copy started in the mid teens. Uh, where you know it's. It's some number of dollars more than it used to be. There are no foil copies left on the market. Uh, again, the marketplace says that it's 17, um, but there, you know, I see one lightly played foil and it's 40 bucks. 
So there might be some copies elsewhere out there. You know, I don't have every inventory in front of me, but uh, they're probably the near mint foil copies are pretty much gone. This time it's definitely from the Bant Eldrazi list that we've seen running around in modern. Um, and this one, I think we've seen a lot more than black white so far. It plays Noble Hierarch, um, Ancient Stirrings, and a couple other odds and ends along with your, your you know, your typical Eldrazi core, um, Reality Smasher, Thought Not Seer, Eldrazi Displacer, Drawn or Hope, uh, matter reshape for those guys so uh that's a that's a real known quantity at this point you have a maya coast is basically it, it is the far and away the best land for that strategy so we're just seeing a cleanup on those copies here does everything but cast the displacer uh yeah pretty much uh next up we have amulet of vigor the foil version out of world wake went from 12 dollars to 30 dollars jumping 150 percent uh, this is the second or third time that Amulet has spiked, but this is specifically talking about the foil as this Amulet Scout deck is trying to recapture the magic of the banned uh, Summer Bloom deck. And uh, God bless people who are trying real hard to bust this deck in half again and just trying to get Amulet of Vigor as the next Bloom banned card. If they keep pulling it off, maybe they reband Titan. I don't even know. But I, I love it. Just you can't keep a, uh, a degenerate oppressive deck down. No, uh, it is interesting to see that this managed to come that this has really come back with so much strength behind it. But yeah, well, well, it'll be interesting to see if this can really get there. But I mean, it keeps putting up results on MTGO, so it's not awful. Uh, there is like no blood moon in the format right now, which is definitely setting it up to perform well. Um, I think it'll probably fold a little bit harder to uh hate but at the same time you, you know you never know we're gonna see stand up in a standard set that could suddenly shove it to the front again it's just it's an inherent sort of a a, a, a real mishmash of odd pieces that just kind of falls in the place it's uh it's so crazy i'm i really like uh when they get azusa into play you just lose that's always a fun feeling and <laughs> yeah. uh the fact that sakura tribe scout is Popping up in actual winning tournament lists just goes to show uh, modern is kind of awesome. And you should think about doing something fun yet unfair in the deck, in the format. Yep, it is uh, interesting to imagine what else could end up on the ban list. I don't think at the start of the format somebody would have pegged Summer Bloom to be there. And it would be real funny if someone looks at this in their future and goes, why would Azusa be banned? This card, <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, next on our list is uh, Eldrazi Temple, um, specifically the Rise of Eldrazi foil copy. Started the week at, you know, 15-ish dollars, $17, and we are looking at a price tag of 45 supposedly, um, for, for a pretty healthy chunk. It's about 160% gain. Uh, this is a Rise of Eldrazi foil, specifically. Um, and when I'm looking over at TCG player, the first slightly played foil copies I see are starting at 35. Um, so there's, you know, they're, they're pricey. They're definitely up there in price and the only near mint copies at 50, uh, God bless them. But this is definitely based on the continued success of modern or I'm sorry, of Eldrazi in both modern and, and legacy. Cause remember temples played in legacy too. So, um, you know, we're seeing the foil copies fall first. Uh, of the oldest edition and if Eldrazi keeps this up and they don't reprint Temple it's going to go the the Rise foil will go first as we're seeing here then the Modern Masters 2 foil will go and then the non-foil copies will follow suit um, so you know this is going to be 
a pretty predictable path so long as Eldrazi keeps putting up results. Now there's um, there's like no difference in the art, so people are just going after the um, the original because it was a rare in Rise of Eldrazi and it was an uncommon in Modern Masters 2015. So uh, it will be real interesting to see how much people are willing to pay for that extra symbol. Um, and this is, you know, I'm all for people who have to have the original and the best, but if there's going to be a big gap in the two foils, I'm just going to kind of look askance at some folks. Yeah, and it's it's worth pointing out here, I guess, I, I, you have the rarity symbol, and back then they were using a different printer. Um, they changed printers at some point in the last couple of years. So if you hold a Rise of Eldrazi copy next to a Modern Masters copy, there is a slight difference in the in the paper stock. I can't call it better or worse, but it's different. I kind of like the old ones more. They don't feel quite as glossy, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's minuscule at best. So what kind of price would you pay for your preference? Well, probably not more than, you know, 10% at best, you know, especially if it's non-foil, it's just sitting in a sleeve. It's not like it's, it's, you can't even really tell out of the sleeve. That's the thing. That's why I both respect and fear people who are willing to pay that extra. And now we have the man, the myth, the biggest mover of the week, Mr. Ali Baba himself, who has one copy in Arabian Nights. Well, used to cost you three dollars has now gone up by more than ten bucks to thirteen fifty for a three hundred percent gain for reasons that are unclear to this observer. Yeah, I got nothing either. I mean, there's some lightly played copies at around ten bucks. The only near mint's eighteen. I, I don't get it. The only thing I can imagine is that people see this and it thematically fits with Kaladesh, I guess, because. I don't know. They're not. Alibaba <laughs> taps. Like, he taps a wall for a red. Yeah, I'm not saying mechanically. I mean, like <laughs> it, both, both of the both oh, of the people, okay. Kaladesh and Alibaba, appear to be from the Middle East. That is about the best that I can. You're really together. reaching, but uh, I mean, it could just be another reserved list attempt card. But uh, I don't know. If you can sell your copies at 1350 then please do. I don't see this as being a big card in 9394, so uh, party on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take any money you can get for this and run for the hills. Well, let's move on to our cards we like this week, Travis. Uh, I have several that I think are amazing right now, and I see you've got a couple that I'm kind of jealous of, so let's, uh, let's dive in. I want to start with Decimator of the Provinces, the mythic out of Eldritch Moon. I like this on a short timeline in the next six months or so. Right now, they're around 250. I'm picking them to double up. Uh, I think that all the tokens that are easy to make in uh, Kaladesh means that you need a finisher. And we don't have Overrun, but we have Overrun on a giant body. And I think that this is a small set mythic and an easy pickup and relatively safe. I think this is an excellent choice. I really liked Decimator of the Provinces when it was spoiled. Um, I uh, was surprised to not see it top 16, the Pro Tour of Eldritch Moon, and I didn't realize this was down the 250. I'm definitely in for a couple sets at that price myself. I think you're dead on with the idea of tokens in Eldritch Moon, and don't forget, with Fabricate, we're getting all sorts of Thopter and Servo tokens, so this gets to pump lots of other small bodies. So this is a, a great, a great idea. Your Your pick is great too, by the way. 
Oh, thank you. Uh, is that your your lead into mine then? Yes. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to start the week with uh, Sky Sovereign console flagship. Um, this is in Kaladesh, so it's not on the shelves yet. Um, and I am I'm I'm very confident in this card. I've got this at about an eight, and I'm looking for a shortish to mid timeline. Right now, pre-orders are available. The cheapest I can find them is just over $5. You might be able to find them a little cheaper, but if you go to like Star City or some of the other larger stores, you're going to see that at about 6 to $7, $8. Um, and I think this could easily be $15, possibly more. Sky Sovereign is a sort of like a flying Inferno Titan. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get in, I'm not going to sit here and blab for minutes on end about what it does and how it works and blah 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 but it's extremely powerful it's a fairly low cost um and i have a feeling that wizards may have missed the mark with vehicles and when i say that i think they might have made them too good it wouldn't be the first time that a new card type comes out way too strong uh, if you look at the original lore when planeswalkers and then jace you'll see that they were nowhere close to the right power levels what they actually wanted um so and same with equipment equipment was all way too good when it came out and they've had to bring it to really bring it back so i suspect vehicles might land in the same space uh sky sovereign does a lot of things it does it very well uh, the, the pre-order prices on this has already risen from about $4 a copy. Um, and so far, it's been really quiet, but I would not be surprised at all to see this be a <laughs> flagship mythic. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was too easy. Uh, it's only five mana, right? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, five mana, six, five flyer, the lightning bolts on come into play or attack. Man, that does seem... I, I can't argue. I, I like this pick too, especially... If you're getting it for five, eight, I'm a little leery of, but uh, I, it's also legendary, so it does lose a little bit in multiples, but 15 seems pretty reasonable for a big set mythic that was just going to own the board. Yeah, I, I will say I am not advocating you buy at seven or eight. I'm saying it's right around five. Yeah. I would pick up a personal place at it, you know, five and change. I don't mind that. And if I can, I'm just hoping that like the first weekend, this kind of drops to the four ish dollar range and then I will buy a bunch more. I'm really just hoping <laughs> that I get a little bit of a window there. I would have bought them already at $4, but our friend Douglas Johnson, while we were recording the Cartel Aristocrats webcast, bought them all out at $4 while we were discussing it, and I missed the opportunity. <laughs> like, while we were on the cast, he bought them all, and I was what like, I'm like, to place that. What a jerk. I love it. Huge jerk. Oh, that's so good. All uh, right, what have you got for us, Cliff? Uh, I am picking Foil Girapur Ethergrid, the uncommon out of Magic Origins. Right now, this is already a $4.50 uncommon. Uh, it's showing up in some sideboards. It's in Affinity sideboards. It's in Lantern sideboards. It's this sneaky great card where you get to tap two artifacts and deal a damage. Just as much as artifacts as you have, that's how much you get to do. It's already at a Foil multiplier of around 20 since the original uncommon not foil is you know a quarter so i really like how much people want the foil version of this and i want to have a couple copies to move out in a year or so when it's gone up to what i think will be a double up to around nine this is a really interesting choice and uh it's it's a good strategy because when you posted this I, I wasn't even exactly sure what card it was. I'm like, wait, is that the red one that you tap two artifacts? I Like, it's not a really obvious in-your-face card, but it is seeing a lot of play in Lantern and fitting in these various, various strategies. Um, and it's the type of card that people, when they 
I think is easily going to slip under the radar that people aren't going to realize how expensive the foils are. And you're absolutely right. It'll just be $10 and nobody will think much of it um, because they wouldn't have been paying any attention. Meanwhile, you would have made a bunch of money on it. Um, you know, I see uh, insulin, ne- insulin neonate in the same vein of this is it's yes. essentially a free common. The foils are on four or $5 and I wouldn't be surprised to just see them at $10 one day. They're very similar, I think. Yeah, that that's exactly the idea. You find something that is uh, strangely underpriced. Well, it's not underpriced when the foil quantifier says high. I also really love what this does for. Um, we're getting a lot of ways to make artifacts and artifact creature tokens, and this can be a way to instantly turn all of your extra artifacts into target players dead when you yeah. in your commander games. So yeah, that's a really good point. I should stick this into ready. Ugh. Boy, Aethergird gets really good with all the new uh, Thopter and Servo. Telling you, it's not, well, it's rotating out of standard, so we don't have any hope for that. But um, I have great hopes for it in modern and casual. Yeah, okay, no, that's very fair, that's very fair. All right, my second card for this week, and one that I had to convince Cliff to let me talk about, is Eldrazi Displacer. Mm. Uh, It is... No surprise to anyone that listens to this cast that I'm a fan of the Eldrazi right now. And after the last couple days, there is none that I like more than Displacer at this point. It is about uh, 450-ish right now. Um, I'm extremely confident in this card at some point in time breaking out. Uh, I think you can you can get in about 450 or five. Uh, you could this will easily clear ten dollars. There's a, with a good potential to be much higher than that. This card just does so many things. Uh, not the least of which right now is the gear hulks that are coming in standard. Oh yes. Um, so I mean you know you cast the black gear hulk and kill whatever you want and then untap and blink your gear hulk twice and you've now just killed everything. And you're getting and you're gaining life. And you've got this creature that's hard to block, and I might need to go lay down. It's so good. Yeah, it, yeah, it just it just does so much, and then, like there's no shortage of stuff that you can balance with it. You can balance um, the white gear hulk, and then the white gear hulk can be your artifact, and Eldrazi Displacer can be your creature. Uh, like it just God, it just does so much, and it's still played a ton in modern too. There was something that came out that we saw spoiled recently that I got really excited about with Displacer as well. Uh, aside from Sky Sovereign, that too, uh, by the way. But and I'm not seeing. I don't remember what it was that I that got me all jazzed about it. But uh, the the card is just extremely powerful, and I think five bucks is is too cheap for what this is going to be able to do. Uh, I think that over the, the past few weeks, um, I think I've mentioned Displacer foils and non-foils in articles and podcasts. I can't, I, I don't think you can say it enough. Like the foils are still around 10 or 11. I'm getting one or two a week on Puka Trade. And I, I, every time I get one, I feel like I'm just buying a present for my future self. Like, here you go. You're going to send this out at 20 or $25. Congratulations, okay. future self. Like, thanks, yeah. past Cliff. You're an awesome guy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's it's just good. It's just good. It just keeps getting better. It's not going to keep getting, it's not going to get any worse because they're going to keep printing creatures with great Enter the Battlefield effects. And I just want to point out that Eldrazi Displacer is really good at fighting vehicles too because you shoot, you know, they activate the vehicle and then you bounce the vehicle and it's no longer a creature anymore. Um, and as in addition to that, Eldrazi Displacer is good at fighting fighting vehicles. But Sky Sovereign is good against Displacer because you just kill their Displacer and then you get to attack with it. <laughs> uh, all right. 
what's your last one for the week? My last one, uh, I have an extremely high confidence level in this. It's Inquisition of Kozilek, either the Conspiracy 2 or the original Rise of Eldrazi copies. They've fallen down into the $8, $9 range, and this is a card that was $30, and I and many other people picked it to go a lot lower. I think we're just about done opening Conspiracy 2, and I think the time is move in. Uh, you got to buy low on these because there's a reason why it made it to 30. It's ridiculously good. It's going to take care of almost every problem in Legacy. It's going to be half your problems in Modern. And uh, picking it to go to double up to 16 in the next year seems just trivially easy. This has already bounced from its peak, its uh, valley, right? Like, it, it was as low as close to $5, the conspiracy version, um, and it's already back up, pushing 10 right? Yeah, uh, I checked on it uh, yesterday, two days ago, and it was both the copies were uh, a little over 8 or a little under 9 so I just call it in that range. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, a, at a, the cheapest copy you can buy on TCG right now is just about $9. And, you know, this this was five bucks. So it has already basically doubled from where it's at its bottom. And I know I know uh, Zemet on Twitter has also been talking about Inquisition of Kozlik and how many he wants to purchase. I mean, he runs a store, so his numbers are a little different than ours, but uh, still definitely worth looking at. Yeah, um, I've. I think that Conspiracy has done its work. Uh, there are some amazing cards, and this is one of the targeted reprints that they wanted to make more available, and now it's available, and you should get some extras for when people want more next year. All right. Um, okay, so I think we can move on to segment three, our metagame week in review. Uh, we are looking at the World Championships from this past weekend. Uh, there was a standard and modern component. I guess we can start with standard. It seems a little less exciting. Uh, I mean, did anything catch your eye here, Cliff? Um, I love Liliana going forward. I think I don't think she's going to go up, but I think that if you can't beat Liliana turn three and they play defend the queen, you're going to lose to the zombies. So whether it's Skyship to deal uh, Liliana some damage before she's about to ultimate, or you have to have a plan for her. If you don't have a plan for her, I think you're going to get killed. <laughs> have you seen the price tag on this card recently? She's at forty-five. Yeah, forty dollars. She's a she's a small set mythic. Uh, you d you can play a ton of her because if you have extras, you can cash in the early ones. And uh, conspiracy has like cut a month off of the time we would have been opening Eldritch Moon. All the stuff out of uh, Eldritch Moon. I think is going to be even more in demand uh, with a smaller supply than we would have normally seen in a small set anyway. I feel bad because I feel like there was never a good time to buy this card. No, like it came out of the no. game at like $25. And like, even those of us who are looking at this and going, that's a good planeswalker. I should pick this up when it dropped. And, nope. never mind. It just never stopped rising. It's like, all right. And oh, wow. I, I don't know if this is a $60 card. I have a hard time saying that it is. But at the same time, uh, this is one of the best ultimates to do because you will win. It is extremely hard to beat her ultimate. And uh, it's pretty easy in a black deck to you know just lay her down and keep her safe. And the, there's nothing that they can do. So... 
Um, if it makes it to $60 sometime during uh, Kaladesh or the, um, how do I say the Egyptian set? I, I, I'd, ma- I'd mangle it. I don't want to. I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. I'm um, um, keep going. So I, I know that she could go up. I'm just, I'm real hesitant to put in 45, hoping to get to 60. I don't think she's the next Jace. So I don't think that there's enough of a gain in there for me to really want to move in on her. Yeah, I, you can't you can't buy this card at this point, not at forty dollars. You just have to hope that she drops, I guess, and buy it. I think it's I think by the way, I think it's Amoncat. 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 Uh, I'll trust your Amon, judgment on this. Amoncat. I don't speak Egyptian. Uh, <laughs> I bet it's I bet it's more Amoncat than it is Amoncat. I wish they would have told us. Maybe they did, and I just missed it. Yeah, they do this type of crap on Twitter, but um, you know, I saw several. I saw several Ishkanas uh, floating around in the top performing standard lists, uh, not only in the Delirium list but also in the Teamer list. So um, we're definitely going to see more of Ishkana after rotation, that's for sure. Uh, Return of Kozlak is still floating around right now. There's a lot of enablers to move him into the, to move that into the graveyard. There won't be quite as many after rotation. Um, at, at least so far, I don't think we've seen anything that would really take the place of the third one whose name I can't remember. Uh, but I expect all these cards to be central components of standard. Although, you know, at this point, we're looking at these standard results and it's like, OK, Kaladesh comes out in what, two weeks, two yep. and a half weeks, three weeks. And so these are and this standard metagame is warped so heavily by Collected Company. We can't really look at strategies or anything. All you can do is kind of pick out cards that look like they'll do well after we turn the corner. I like uh, Deep Fiend and the Mindbender going forward. Uh, I don't. I think the supply is pretty low on them, and they're just ridiculously good. And uh, they're not like speculative picks, but if you need your playset, I would say get them now, because they're especially the Eldritch Moon cards. They got nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I mean, all their uh, Descended Mindbender is down into the dollar and change range possibly mm-hmm. even a little lower than that and i don't think elder deep fiend is too much more no it's either. like five elder deep fiend is it it's a little bit more uh well let me actually let me see here it looks like you can score oh you can score copies in the three-ish dollar range oh i like that yeah so it's not too bad but i mean i, I like that descended mindbender is in black um because Liliana is so good yeah i mean yeah you, you know it helps to kind of look for these cards that are when you're looking at two or three cards that are all like, you kind of like them all look and see what colors are in to see what else is in that color. Um, because if you have cards like Liliana or Chandra that are pushing you really hard into one color, um, that's going to reward the one particular card you're looking at much more than the other. Was there anything that jumped out at you, uh, in the modern part of the world championships? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at the top performing list, not the decks that, that won, but the, the best performing modern lists, um, you'll see Valakit was the best deck of the event, which is pretty surprising. Um, you know, this is, we've been talking about Valakit on the show now for probably a month and I'm just more, excuse me, more and more surprised every time we see it. Um, it looked like a, a list this week, the list this time around, we had four primeval Titan, the four Valakit. Um, they had four main deck scape shift, uh, as an alternative win condition. Um, they both had the two summoners packed, uh, looked like this list, particular list, I think caught the, through the breaches out of the main, um, but I know that that still floats around in some of the other lists out there. Probably depends a little bit on the meta. Uh, but it, but it is interesting to see Valakit show up, especially because at a world champion list uh, championships, you tend not to see 
um, very spiky decks like Death Shadow Zoo. Um, because of the nature of the format, you're more rewarded for playing something a little more consistent. So the fact that players would show up with Valakit, which I would consider a little more off the beaten path, is uh, is surprising because they must have thought it was really, really good to warrant bringing into this event. And they were right. I mean, it, it did perform quite well. Uh, I really... Um... A friend of mine has been uh, playing around with this dredge deck that is just ridiculous. Um, and on camera on Star City the other day, somebody used their uh, Shriekhorn Shriekhorn, and hit the uh, fabled Narcomoeba prized amalgam pairing. So immediately, like, just tap it once and boom, 1 1 flyer, 3 3. Yeah, that's how I drew it up. Um, Dread showing up is a sign that this deck is real, and if you have not gotten in, uh, you and you think you might want to, I think you should. Uh, the fact that Rest in Peace hasn't spiked enough yet is an indicator that people are not giving this card credit, or they just want to play Graph Digger's Cage instead. But uh, RIP is just so good, and uh, I can't stand it. Cliff, I think it wasn't that long ago that I even, I, I swear I put rest in peace. Yeah, I did. I put rest in peace on my buy list uh, in show 29. So about three weeks ago, I called it a buy at $4. I know you're looking to price up right now. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I, I think Dredge is going to keep uh, showing up at Star City events and GPs um, and keep driving the prices of some of those components up until people really start to respect it with sideboard hate. Yeah, I think it's getting to a point where uh, it's almost affinity level, where if you're going to put in a sideboard card for it, they're ready for your specific sideboard card, and that makes it a very good strategy because you'll you'll know what you have to do. They know what you have to do, and they're more ready for it than you are. And that if you can be in that point, like if you're going to play uh, affinity, you have to be ready for the Stony Silence or the Kataki, and you know that's what people like to play against you. So you have your plan. And all you have to do is be prepared to counter what they're doing, and it's great. Uh, that's the position I always love to be in when I'm trying to figure out a metagame. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, it's, it, a lot of times it's good to play that deck that says, hey, you know what, I fold to the sideboard card, uh, but I only si- I, I fold to your sideboard card. I don't fold to your deck, right? Like, you yeah. draw your card or I win, um, which is definitely definitely a strong angle. Uh, the other thing to notice is the Jun list. Uh, we had two Jund and an Abzan in the top performing list and two out of the three played for flare uh grim flare including the abzan list that lsv was playing um and he spoke very highly of it on stream you know he didn't he didn't get on the deck tech and go well we needed a card to fill the slot we tried several things flare seemed to work the best now he said grim flare is great it does what we want he was very confident in that so we may see grim flare become a, a pretty strong staple of these strategies going forward and as a side note i think it's interesting that we're really seeing jun and abzan really diversify over the course of modern i remember when modern started jund was like almost locked in on 57 cards or so yeah rotate a couple based on the meta but now we're at a point where it's like well which jund do you want to play this week do you want dark confounder don't you do you want the grim flares or do you want to be on abzan like there's a lot more variety in the builds which is which is nice i think for both players both people piloting the jund decks and the people who have to deal with it it, it makes it a little more amusing um but, you know, again, they played the Flayer. We saw a lot more Dark Confidant than we have in the past few months. Um, of course, a lot of Liliana of the Veil. We saw some Liliana of the Last Hope 
showing up in one of the Jun lists. And we even saw Mishra's Bobble in LSV's Abzan list, I think, to help accommodate for Grim Flare. Um, with Delirium around right now and some of the other effects, uh, Mishra's Bobble is not the worst main deck card, uh, especially if you have easy ways to shovel it into your graveyard and you can get paid for that card type. Um, you know, there, there, there's worse stuff out there, so... Uh, didn't James pick Dark Confidant a couple of weeks ago? Uh, it, Go ahead. I think it, it's down in like the 35-ish range. Yeah, he, uh, did, he did pick this card several weeks ago. Uh, he's picked it more than once, in fact. And I think he picked it at like 32 initially. Um, yeah. So the card has already started to kind of tick up from where he was talking about at that point in time. But yeah, it is. It, we're really starting to see this put some... Uh, get some more play on it now than it was back then. So we might start to see that price push into the 40 and 45 region. Do you, uh, pure speculation pick, do you uh, call it now is confident in the next modern masters? I am going with no. Uh, I agree, but I agree like, completely. I'm like 65% on this maybe. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm more like in the 80 to 90%. I think that um, there's enough confidence that they don't need to uh, pump this again, especially not at the mythic slot when there's uh, already several that we're pretty sure about. I mean, Tarmogoyf has not, how many times do you want to print Tarmogoyf? I think we're going in for round four now. Uh, we'll have Liliana. You think Snapcaster at mythic seems like a pretty easy call. Yeah. I mean, Tarmogoyf so, has lost some ground. He's down, you know, I can buy a, a copy of the MM2015 for $112. Um, so, you know, he has dropped considerably, like close to $80 a piece uh, from his peak. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Tarmogoyf is pretty likely, but I'm still not guaranteed. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can see them cutting Confidant and Click for sure and replacing yeah. it with like Snapcaster and Liliana. And then they still have, you know, the other, what, 13 slots to play with, 12 slots. Super fun. I love playing uh, Guess What's in the Set. Uh, was there anything else you want to talk about from the results or can we move on to spoilers? Uh, as far as world championships are concerned, no, I think we kind of wrung the most out of that. You know, there's always stuff to chat about with modern, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the format looks like next week for whatever event they print. Let's go talk about Kaladesh. So the last time that we spoke uh, was like September 1st, September 2nd. So there's definitely been a lot of cards that have shown up since then. What so are, many cards. What are you? Oh yeah, the World Championships this weekend. They they revealed a ton of stuff. What is uh, what's tickling your fancy over there, Cliff? Um, I have a lot of cards I like. I wrote about the mythics in the piece that went up uh, today, Friday. Uh, you guys may hear this uh, a day or two after that. Um, but not to spoil it too hard. But I really love metallurgic summonings. Uh, the enchantment three blue blue that whenever you cast an instant or sorcery you get an artifact token with power and toughness equal to the spell that you just cast and as if that wasn't enough you can pay uh, five mana the three blue blue it's three blue blue yeah three blue blue exile the enchantment and get all your instants and sorceries back as long as you have six artifacts in play this just screams to me how much you want to jam this into every deck that's full of instants and sorceries. Your lightning bolt comes with a 1-1. One, one. Young Pyromancer is a good card, right? I heard it's a good card. Well, how about my Searing Blaze gives me a 2-2? Two, two. 
How about my Rift Bolt gives me a 3-3? Three, three? How about my Counter Spell gives me a 2-2? Two, two? I can go on for this all day. You should stop me. <laughs> so those, I, I, those suspend spells like Rift Bolt is kind of funny that it gives you uh, – a much larger creature than the monocost although it also is funny that you can play the zero cost ones and you get nothing <laughs> yes that is true that if you uh it, but if i force of will i get a five five who there you go but there you go i just broke it just broke it right in half metallurgic summonings definitely seems to me like the card that's going to hit hit the shelves it's going to be like two dollars because no one's really going to be after it at the time being except it's going to be a ten dollar foil and going to go up from there yeah, right, right, and that's what it, and it'll just quietly kind of sneak up because a lot of people out there will want them. It's just not going to be huge and constructed right away, so it'll give players some time to score their cheap copies. Um, you know, on a similar note, the card that I think jumped out the most at me so far maybe was Panharmonicon, which oh is, yeah, yeah, the four mana artifact that doubles all your under the battlefield abilities. Uh, which you know anyone who's played EDH knows that that is a format made and lost on under the battlefield effects. And doubling them for free, like you don't have to trigger it, you don't have to pay anything, you don't have to tap anything. It's just, oh, you if you're gonna have it, have two of them. Uh, I mean, this card in Riku is just, it's just silly. It's just oh silly. my like, god! If you, play, if you play one Eternal Witness, you now have oh. four cards from your, oh my god. your hand. Like it's just the amount that you get with it is insane. Um, and it's hard to imagine many EDH decks not wanting copies of this. Now, I will say that I think Wizards is going to print this 30 times. I think you're going to see this in every <laughs> arch enemy and everything. But I think foils will be much, much better because the sets that they're going to print this in won't have foils. So I really like foils of this card. At it's Nadir. Um, even if they're $7, I think that that's still going to be a really strong pickup because really every person that plays EDH wants this card. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I hope it's seven. I don't think I th it might be lower at the beginning. Uh, I'm going to put this on my Puka want list like immediately. And I might even throw like extra giant bounty on there just so I get all of them right now. Cause I have to have them. Hmm. But, uh, I think you're exactly on point. It's one of the. Most Amazeballs EDH cards. Uh, do you think Rashmi has potential in something broken like uh, Modern or Legacy? Uh, uh, you have to remind me which one Rashmi is. All right, so two green-blue. When you cast your first spell, oh. reveal the top card. If it's a non-land that costs less than your spell, play it without paying its cost, or just draw it if it costs more. And what was the question? Do you think that's Modern or Legacy playable? Legacy, I, I, I'm going to say no to Legacy, and uh, with a caveat that I don't care. I mean, like, Legacy, <laughs> Legacy really doesn't, it's not really able to move prices in the same way that it used to. Um, mm, I don't know it, about that. It has an effect on prices, but if we say, oh, this card is Legacy playable and playable nowhere else, it doesn't matter. Um, it has to be good in other places, and Legacy is just sort of gravy or maybe the legacy pumps the foils a little bit but that's about okay it. I'm, but, I'm with you on that but as for rashmi this card is is essentially blood braid elf but it trades yes. it trades the immediacy for lasting value um and it's but it's in a color combination that we don't see a lot of in modern simic is probably the least represented color combo in modern right now i would say and has been for a long time but it is an extremely powerful effect and there's a lot of ways to juggle the top card of your library um, so I think I think this is like almost guaranteed to show up in standard. 
uh, especially since it shares a color with Reflector Mage and Spellcrawler. And I yeah. think that I think that it could possibly show up in Modern. My only concern is that it's a four mana creature that doesn't do a lot right away. It dies to every piece of removal in the format, and you're still not guaranteed to get value the turn after. Um, but it is an extremely powerful effect. So we maybe I'm going to give you a maybe. Okay, uh, let's talk Chandra for a minute because uh, this thing is pre-ordering stupid high. Mm-hmm. And I would like to go on the record and say, hold on, my say, school is ending its day. And say welcome to such and such. Yeah. School. I would like to welcome you to the school of stop overpaying and pre-ordering like this. This is a big set. We are going to get a lot of this. There has not been a big set mythic that kept its price like this. Uh, Jace is an exception because he costs two mana and was immediately played in three formats. So those of you who are pre-ordering this card for $40, $45, $50, I think you need to pump your brakes and be a little patient. You'll get this for less. Chaz Andres, who's the writer over on Star City, uh, pointed out that out of, I believe, 56 total Planeswalkers, exactly three have hit prices above their pre-order price um, in, in any meaningful amount of money. And it was Jason Mind Sculptor, uh, Liliana the Veil, and Jace Vrin's Prodigy. So Chandra at 40 to, or uh, Chandra to 40, 50 to dollars would really have to be, I'm sorry, I, I'm phrasing that wrong. It wasn't that they hit more than their pre-order price. It was that they were more than, I think, 50 or $60. That's what it was. So in, in other words, Chandra would have to essentially be the one of the top four most expensive planeswalkers ever printed in order to make her pre-order price worth it. That being said, this is clearly an extremely pushed planeswalker. Uh, and this isn't like Narset pushed where people thought this was good and she was just gutter trash. This is like... <laughs> Pro like pro players are t- posting on Twitter like what is the point of this card like how do you not ever play this card it just seems ludicrous she's extremely strong so do I think you should be buying it forty fifty sixty dollars no uh, but I mean there's a percentage of val there's a percentage in there that says you should be like right like it's like ninety five five um, so it, you shouldn't but at the same time that might it might in retrospect it might have been. You might have saved money buying today, even though it's not the right decision. Uh, I can't imagine this card drops to $15, uh, but I suppose it's possible. But I mean, right now, I think Chandra is a guaranteed top tier major role player in standard, like the most important card in the format. And I also think that she has real legs in modern. I think this card is, you know, it's not going to be like a four up in multiple decks, but, you know, Nahiri kind of reshaped Jeskai around her and has become part of modern. And I could see Chandra hanging out right there with her um, and, and doing sort of the same thing. Um, I'm not like the abilities are, I I love that her plus one is the mana ability. That's not even a zero ability. That's she's getting better and she's accelerating you. That's like inferno. Like if you spirit guide her out, helping you turn three Chandra, and then that means turn four Titan, even if you don't play, if you just play a land. So that seems like ridiculously good. Um, I just don't think that. If you're not, hopefully the people who are buying her at this price are like, all right, I'm going to play a play set of Chandra for the next 18 months. 
I know it, and that's what I'm going to do. I hope to hell nobody is buying this card saying, I can't wait to sell this to someone for 80 I assume that everyone buying this card is buying it because they want to cast it. They're like, I'm going to want this card. It looks really good. I want it week zero so that I can be there casting it right away. I don't think people are pre-ordering it right now as speculatively. I Guys, yeah, me too. Uh, which is kind of a bummer because like Sahili, um, I, I like Sahiri. I don't think she's going to be very powerful. And I feel bad because she's a three-mana planeswalker, and they've been trying real hard to teach us a lesson about three-mana three, three planeswalkers. They're usually really good. Um, I just don't... You have to do so much to make Sahili good that I'm not sold. I mean, there has never been a three-mana planeswalker that was not very standard playable, ever. Every single one of them has been good. And yet you you have to be doing certain thing like her ultimate is no good if you don't have three different artifacts that are game breaking to go get that are powerful to go get like you're gonna go find three different gear hulks <laughs> i i don't think you need to play her for, for the ultimate like her plus one um will help you will work to close out a game like if you get to the point where you're trying to kill your opponent the plus one is going to help not not only is it going to slowly ding them but it's going to help you find the gas to finish them and you can just use her minus two like as long as you have anything in play that is capable of doing anything her minus two just gives you free swings gives you free enter the battlefield triggers so it's not like a huge swingy crush people out of the game it's just like a yep this is just going to keep on ticking on and doing things for you and the advantage is going to pressure your opponent out of the game uh, i'm gonna like i love her in in every casual format you can care to name there's a, a million ridiculous combos we can do uh, i think you've posted at least two on twitter in the past 24 hours um I'm just, uh, she's pre-ordering for a lot more than I think she's going to be. I think she's got a 10 to maybe $15 future ahead of her. Well, I'm absolutely not speaking of the pre-order price. That's clearly going to be way more than she should cost. Um, I think Sahili Rai will land, uh, I think at her peak, will probably push $20 um, and maybe climb over a little bit. And I think she'll float between 10 and 20 for a while. My plan with her is if she hits the 8 to ten dollar range to pick up a couple oh. play sets hoping to sell it around 15 to 20. Um, that yeah, sounds like an excellent plan yeah that's my approach with her um now as for the combos just so people know there are two uh the first one is with Sahili rye liquid metal coating and um uh, alter of the brood or alter the brood or disciple the vault thank you so um, oh yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with we'll go with Disciple the Vault, uh, which is the one black mana one one creature. Whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard, your opponents lose a life. So, on turn two, you play Liquid Metal Coating, which is an artifact that taps to make another permanent an artifact. Um, excuse me, this card was actually a mistake per Mark Rosewater. He admitted it after the end of Scars of Mirrodin block, and then turn three is Sahili Rai. So you cast Sahili. You use liquid metal coating that turns a planeswalker into an artifact, which uh, once planeswalkers are artifacts, all sorts of weird stuff starts to happen. And then you minus two to copy your own Sahili. The copy comes into play, and per Sahili, 
is an artifact. You sacrifice the first one that you turned into an artifact. Your it triggers disciple. Your opponent loses a life, and now you have a fresh artifact base, an, a Sahili ride that is an artifact. She copies herself again, and you just can continue ad nauseum. Um, and your opponent, you just kill your opponent right on the spot. You can also do this with alter the brood in place of disciple, where you just mill your opponent out. So that's a three card combo. Turns one, two, three. The other combo is double Sahili Rai and Sun Titan. So the way this works is you get to a point where Sun Titan is returning a Sahili, who is then minus twoing the Sun Titan. The new Sun Titan copy comes into play with haste, by the way. The Sun Titan token comes into play, returns a second Sahili Rai from your graveyard into play. You sacrifice the, the Sahili that you already used. You use the new Sahili to copy a Sun Titan again. The Sun Titan trick um, tokens then keep looping the two Sahilis in your graveyard um, to give you infinite Sun Titans. Uh, this one's actually kind of interesting. It's sort of Splinter Twin-ish, um, and then it's a two-card infinite attackers. Um, and I like that you can kind of cast Sahili on like turn three uh, or put Sahili into your graveyard on turn three and then on turn four flashback and unburial rights drop a Sun Titan in the play and go nuts with that so um, do I think either of these are gonna break modern open it's unlikely but it is interesting that they're both there uh, the liquid metal coating combo is a bit of a stretch but the Sun Titan one definitely seems like it could be slotted into a couple different strategies that's pretty funny. I like that the uh, liquid metal coating one is a stretch, but the double Sahiri plus the six drop Sun Titan is not a stretch. I like the way you think of things. Yeah, I mean, they're both good. They're both completely playable cards in their own right. So if you just have a couple of them in the deck and then sometimes you just get to go infinite. Um, on the, the last thing I mentioned is these gear hulks are amazing. Uh, we have not seen the red one yet. Um, is really reminiscent of the uh, the cycle of the primordials from Gatecrash, uh, none of whom set the world on fire financially, but they are terrifying in Commander. And these uh, some of these are really aggressively costed. Like uh, Cataclysm Golem for five mana seems uh, really really strong, although it's not going to solve your biggest problem. And like you said, uh, Displacer plus the Noxious Gear Hulk, where you get to destroy creatures and gain life, I'm I'm dying to play this in Standard. I'm not even kidding. I can't wait to just wipe their board, gain a ton of life, and then, you know, uh, go make a sandwich and feast on the Tears of the Fallen. Yeah, sure. That's definitely, definitely one way to go with that. Uh, I, I'm just going to poke in. I think the green gear hulk is like the least interesting of the bunch but that also means that it could quietly be the best one so we will see on that one we will nothing like flickering uh a gear hulk and getting four more counters on your displacer yeah yeah and it makes it makes well all the make reflector major look bad like you can't reflect your major opponent's gear hulks but it's funny that you said they were like the the um the souls from primordials the, or the primordials. Cause I looked at them as the Titans. I just saw a new Titan cycle. <laughs> um, yeah. One last thing I want to point out is aether flux reservoir. This is the one, the form on artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. So you should read that line mm. again because it functions differently than you thought it did. And you can pay 50 life to 50 life. Someone to do 50 damage, some spirit bomb. This card is not gonna be worth money, but this card could make something else worth money. There are lots of interesting interactions with this card that we have not even begun to see yet. But the fact that this turns life gain, it changes life gain, life gain from an end to a means to an end. 
and that matters. So we could see some strategies pop up, not only in standard, but modern and legacy that now can go ham with uh, life gain and actually do something with it. So just something to point out. I love it. Uh, put it into your uh, Malira combo deck so that uh, now you have something to draw for and they're, they're dead, even if they took care of your red cap. Yeah, I, I mean, that seems unlikely, but I mean, like Soul Sisters? Like, oh, you mean so having, oh, yeah. having 70 life actually matters now? Like, oh, yeah, you can just blow them out of the water with that. So stuff like that uh, suddenly Bang. a lot more viable. I love it. Uh, I think that's it for today. Uh where can people find you, Travis? Well, I am on Twitter at WizardBumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. I write every Wednesday on mtgprice.com on the ProTrader side, and I show up on the mostly weekly webcast, uh, The Cartel Aristocrats. And uh, I, again, I'm Cliff Daigle. I'm Word of Commander on Twitter. I have a Thursday uh, ProTrader post for people who are interested in what to pick up on Puka Trade. There's a lot, a lot of alliteration there. I didn't know it would turn out like that. And I'm also on for casual Fridays on the free side of MTG Price. All right. I would like to remind our listeners to check out mtgprice.com's Pro Trader service. For just $4.99 a month or $49.99 per year, you can get early access to this podcast, fantastic articles by the best MTG finance minds in the business, and a set of online collection management and buy list tools that will drive better returns and save you money playing Magic the Gathering. I want to extend a special thank you to Cliff for joining us again this week. Well, James is, I have no idea where, uh, but otherwise unavailable. So it was good to talk with you again, Cliff. It's always a uh, treat, Travis. And James, you enjoy your vacation, bud. Thank you.